You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio Show for Monday, I believe, the 5th of June 2023. We are proud to acknowledge the Yurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio is a weekly half-hour program, or 28 minutes, who's counting, about cycling, bicycles, getting around without a combustion engine, micro-mobility, urban transport, planning, and people's bicycle stories. And on today's show, I'm going to have a chat with Cam Walker, which many people would know is from Friends of the Earth. Um, is interested in the uh, ongoing or upcoming um, Friends of the Earth 50th anniversary uh, commemoration and well, the thing I was really interested in is some of their campaigns around like banning lead in petrol back in the in the 70s and 80s which had a hell of a um, impact upon our urban uh, urban environment and a lot of other things that have come out of phase so if you're feeling a little bit uh, kind of pressured or just need a bit of inspiration have a listen to what Cam has to say and how sometimes Things that you may be involved with now have had a long journey to getting a good positive outcome and better outcomes for our environment, our riding environment, and just our personal well-being and that of everything around us, flora and fauna, all these other things that have to, unfortunately, share the planet with humans. <laughs> it was a pretty strange introduction, but I think I think you've got, I've got a fair idea where I'm going with that. And uh, I must uh, bring in that June is 3CR Radiothon month, and um, we're off to a flying start. We've got, for Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, a target of $1,300 to make for the, for the June, and we've already reached $600. sound of two hands clapping and 3CR if I swivel around on the chair stay tuned stay radical and uh, June 2023 donate the target is 275000 for the entire station so uh, give to your favourite show which should be Yarra Bosco Users Group Radio or your favourite show or the entire station because that will help so many shows across the grid. You know, the, the, the program guide I'm just looking at, you know, the big poster here is just amazing. The amount of content and news and the like you will not hear anywhere else or 
you know, even in this very digital online age, you simply not be able to read or find out unless 3CR existed. So to donate, go to or well, you can call, you can you can do lots of different things to uh, find out more. How about to subscribe, donate, and uh, keep this magnificent radio station on air? You can call 03 9419 8377 and have uh, your card or whatever you want to use to um, at the ready. Uh, you can go to 3cr.org.au or, and also I look for you know, the options there, or you can go to givenow.com.au and look up either 3CR or Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. And we've got a direct portal on there, a little website, um, kind of a sub-site on there or mini-site to help us stay on air. And that's where you can uh, celebrate everything you love about riding a bike and supporting daily Active transport by making a donation by the 30th of June. So what's today's the 5th? You've got just on three and a bit weeks to, you know, get, get some money together. I know it's really hard at the moment for a lot of people, but whatever you can contribute will be deeply appreciated. So any do, uh, amount makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax deductible. And just a reminder that uh, with, with the show, We've been on air since 2008, and 3SO has been a really lovely, welcoming, supportive home for Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. So, you know, we've shared hundreds of bike moments, spoken to countless guests. It must be into the hundreds. Um, interviews, talked about rides, sharing awareness, cycling events, um, campaigns and advocacy, and the like. You will simply not hear in mainstream media. We'll, we'll be given a fair and equal audience because, you know, we, we don't do the uh, mainstream uh, reductivism or absolutism type of arguments here. You will hear people talking about their stories and their campaigns in full. So, uh, you know, we need the community to stay tuned and diverse voices and attuned perspectives in order to uh, create meaningful social change. Please help the station build and expand this critical um, critical media outlet and encourage others to stay tuned and stay radical. And a bit of news and events I just want to quickly touch base upon. Over the weekend, we had the Handmade Bicycle Show out at Seaworks at at Williamstown. We went out yesterday afternoon and just had an absolute ball. Um, we're still in that kind of catch-up thing of trying to re-socialise after, you know, kind of disjointed, disorganised couple of years. And it's just glorious getting out there and just seeing the absolute love and poured into making these, you know, it's these bicycles, these frames, the, the skills, the absolute talented, I'm going to use the word artisan, <laughs> but it's just beautiful seeing so many bikes that have been built by talented people with just, ah, oh, I'm, I'm at a loss. I was just, uh, um, it, it's not just, you know, bike nerdery, it's just seeing something so quintessentially beautiful being produced. And regardless if it's your style of bike or not, you've really got to appreciate the absolute skill and materials and the planning and concept that have gone into these. So, yeah, absolutely glorious that and well done to the organisers. And something that's going at the moment, it's been on the show quite a few times, Paula who's uh, mentioned in this article to do with Sydney Road. She's been on the show that Faith and Val uh, spoke to her this year. 
and it's to do with the level crossings. It's uh, going to be happening on the upfield line. And that the Melbourne residents divided as to the future of bustling Sydney road strips hangs in the balance because if the level crossing thing goes ahead, a lot of those cross streets that you travel on up there are going to be closed. And what does that mean? That means you're going to be on Sydney Road. And, you know, and it's just diabolical situation. It seems to be one of my favourite words at the moment, diabolical. I think I should come up with something else. But what's going to happen? You're going to have no choice but take the central arterial on that uh, on Sydney Road. And as you, if you've been listening to the show for a few years, there have been numerous studies and campaigns and things by Vic Rhodes who have been a little bit uh, less than forthcoming about getting separated infrastructure on Sydney Road and the studies that have been conducted into the amount of off-street parking in that area. I think it's up to 3,000 off-street car parking things in the area and yet we still have the arguments that have been put forward like in this ABC article you may have seen on the news last night saying that you know if you take um, on-street parking as in on Sydney Road off you know the traders and everyone will lose out and the at the moment, the council, unfortunately, are being, uh, again, less than forthcoming. So I'll just read a little bit here. As construction ramps up, this is to do with the level crossing, the train stations, train stations Anstey, Brunswick and Jewel, as well as the bike path that runs alongside them, will probably have to close likely for years. And this will likely leave hundreds of other cyclists who rely upon the, the bypass every day with few choices to head back to the bustle of Sydney Road. It's a situation that threatens the sense of safety as the, they get from tra- people travel from de- uh, from tra- dedicated bike paths. And as Paula says in the article, I do not feel safe having to go onto the roads that do not have a separated path. And there's been a fight to remove car parks. I don't know if you really want to call that. The looming changes thrust a long-held dream of Melbourne cyclists back into the spotlight, taking car parks off Sydney Road and replacing them with separated bike lanes. The problem the problems are well known and documented and there have been numerous plans developed. This is from uh, Paula. Even if a, even a trial of separated bike paths would make me feel more confident to ride along Sydney Road with my kids on the back of the bike and to and from school and daycare. There have been 58 crashes involving cyclists on Sydney Road between Bell Street and Brunswick Road in the five years to December 2022, even after safety improvements. And yeah, it goes into a fair bit about the traders seem to, you know, saying they will lose out without car access and... Uh, what can we do? Well, pressure needs to be put on that. We need to, uh, yeah, there's also the accessibility issues for people who aren't, uh, you know, people who need um, more options to get around. So what, uh, what, we want, what do people want in Sydney Road? Do they want a destination or a thoroughfare? And this is something I've um, discussed on the show before is that our show, oh, start again, our roads in Melbourne and Victoria and Australia as a whole is predicated on throughput for vehicle traffic and to the detriment of others. So um, we have got to put pressure on the government and the various things of government, start again, uh, of uh, local council, Vic Roads, 
and also support groups like Mary Beck Bug and you know, us as well to help get these separated lanes in. Um, as uh, on the last show when I had Julie on there, there was a um, nasty little um, sting in the tail to that was that uh, the plans came out that day for Kerford Road where they've, re- they've removed the walking and cycling options uh, from the Engage uh, Victoria. I'll put that into the website description. Yeah, so we have a lot of things being said that they want to put climate focus and transport and the rest and people front and centre, but in reality, we're not seeing that come through for active transport. This is where all of us have got to put pressure on our local councils and government. Okay, after the break, I'm going to be chatting to Cam Walker about Foe's 50th anniversary. Stay tuned, stay radical. 3CR Radiothon Fundraiser, June 2023. To donate, call the station 03 9419 8377 or donate online, 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2023. Stay tuned, stay radical. Today on Yarrabosque Users Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR, I have on the line Cam Walker from Friends of the Earth. Good morning, Cam. Good morning. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for making um, an allowance at pretty short notice. But there was a couple of campaigns that uh, FO have done over the years, which were of interest to, uh, I think, of the audience. It were many, many, many campaigns. But do you want to have a quick chat about what the 50th anniversary, what, you, what are you doing? Yeah, sure. So... Actually, just going to have a party. Often, you know, when you have an anniversaries, you have a conference or you have this or that. But we just thought, look, we've all been working so damn hard for so many years. Let's just have a party, and that'll happen in September. But we are looking back at our work. So, uh, Friends Earth globally started in 1969 in the USA, came to Australia in '73. Uh, Friends Earth Melbourne was set up, and then in '74 the National Federation was set up. So. We are looking back on, you know, our work and what we've achieved and where we've been. And I guess one of the obvious things has been we've always worked on urban issues, even though we are an environmental group. Mm, And that's something I wanted to have a chat to you today about, some of the absolutely vitally important campaigns that FOE has assisted in. And going back to something I remember as a kid, and I didn't realise that FOE were involved with it and the influence you had, was the band-led campaigns. 
And what got me was looking at some photos on Instagram showing some of the uh, actions and the thing that happened down on Punt Road. Yes. So Punt Road, Hollow Street, as it is now, is a glorified car park and there's lots of cars sitting there idling away during peak hour. And back in the days, so back in the 1970s, we had lateral uh, sorry, we had lead added to our petrol. Um, and what we found out was, based on some research from overseas, was that lead in high concentrations actually impacts on the intellectual development of children. Because, of course, younger people, their brains are growing quite quickly, and it can actually impact on their intellectual uh, development. And so, uh, given that Friends of Earth has always been based in the inner north, so pretty close to those streets down on Hoddle Street, um, started to work with the community health centre to do research to make people aware and basically to pitch it as a bit of a class issue because back in those days before the gentrification Collingwood was solidly working class and um, a lot of the kids who were being impacted uh, by the, the lead fumes uh, coming out of those cars were very much working class kids mm. and that led to a campaign which, as I understand it, was started in 1975 and the the petrol industry, of course, as industries when challenged to change their practice tend to do, you know, pretended that the sky was going to fall and the cost of petrol would go up, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it was eventually a successful campaign, I believe, in the mid-1980s, all lead was removed from petrol. Yeah, because we've got a kind of concurrent thing happening with you know, your PM 2.5 and all those nanoparticles. And it's still an ongoing thing to have clean air to breathe. It is, sadly. Um, the, the, there is no option but relentless campaigning. You know, you win one thing, there's always enough big things. And it's interesting with microplastics, with nanomaterials, with particulate matter, you know, there's always something else we need to deal with. Mm. And I guess I always look back and go, well, we won on lead because we got organised, because we had a, a, a social justice frame, because we yep. were smart in our lobbying. That's just what we've got to keep applying to campaigns nowadays. Yeah. And... I just also really got to bring out the work that um, getting into the 1990s and it's also kind of came out of stuff that Foe did with, you know, the pushback against the F-16, if I got it right. I should know this because I was heavily involved with the East-West Link campaigns, but that stemmed out of more Foe stuff as well, you know, with the blockades on uh, Alexandra Parade and then into, like, CAFE, Coalition yeah. Against Freeways, and the 1990s um, transport collectives. Yes, that's true. So, you know, back in the 1970s, if you went down Alexandria Parade, it just kind of ended at the river. It was a nice, almost like a, a cul-de-sac down there. And then in that era of the 60s and 70s, governments got obsessed with putting freeways down all our creek valleys. As we know, Melbourne is kind of lucky in that we have this radial system of creeks that all flow towards Melbourne. Unfortunately, um, they were often neglected. Now they're much loved and, and, and very well looked after. You just have to look at creek like the Mary to see how it's been revegetated and become an amazing open space. But one of the creek beds that was basically really heavily damaged was going out towards the Yarra uh, along the Coonong and the Mullum freeways. So in the 70s, the government decided to build what was then the Freeway 19, the F-19, That's and it, yep. um, it's subsequently called the Eastern Freeway. And it was going to dump, dump, you know, hundreds and if not thousands of cars every day into the inner north. And again, we were just 
not very impressed by that. At the time, Melbourne was building a really good radial train network and we were saying we'll put the money into more public transport, not into these crazy roads, because once you build a big road, more people will come. It never solves congestion. Mm. So in 1977, we were involved in what was called CAF, the Citizens Against Freeways, and there was heaps of block and blockading and protest action on Alexander Parade. Then in the 1990s, um, there was, as you mentioned, the CAFE, uh, the Coalition Against Freeway Extensions. That was a little bit of a nod back to CAF, uh, but it was also a bit of a joke at ourselves that, you know, our neighbourhood had become very gentrified. <laughs> phase. Um, and we blockaded the road widening on Alexander Parade from memory for 42 days. Uh, we basically had a phone tree of locals who would ring us up when work started. We'd, we'd ring people, we'd get them out there, you know, five o'clock in the morning and we blockaded for more than 40 days. And pretty much everyone who was arrested, um, those actions had the charges dropped. Eventually, a handful of people um, didn't. Uh, and that, unfortunately, did go ahead. They did narrow the median strip, that nice green strip in the middle of Alexander Parade. But they haven't as yet linked the Eastern Freeway with the Tullamarine Freeway. So we take that as being a bit of a victory. Yeah, because we had another argument about that in less than 10 years ago. And <laughs> it was, yeah, because it's the sort of thing where unintended consequences and also bigger consequences of, um, yeah, I can get into you know, refinancing debt to build a um, phenomenal piece of infrastructure, which is really not required. Now, I've also got to touch base upon the Transport Collective in the 1990s because there's been a renaissance of an activity that came out of that. Yes. So in that mid-90s era, we were really influenced by what was happening um, in the UK uh, because the UK, like many other countries, had this massive freeway building program and there was massive resistance and over there there was Reclaim the Streets. Yep. So we set up a, a campaign group called Streets for People and it really emphasised the need for active transport and public transport but also public space that you know we shouldn't just let cars incrementally take over more and more of our public space and more of the physical footprint of our cities we needed to kind of push back we used to do some cheeky things like we would lobby local councils we, we initially would survey bike riders and say you know what do you want and they'd say oh we'd really like designated bike lanes and then we'd go to the relevant council and we'd say oh you should build a designated bike lane here and if they said no we would go out at night and basically mark the bike lane oh, and yep. then <laughs> On a number of occasions, councils then subsequently uh, tidied up our rather messy uh, line painting and uh, created designated um, bike zones, which was good. We helped establish critical mass, the, uh, yep. the bike ride that would happen on a Friday afternoon where hundreds of people would just happen to be riding home together um, at the same time under the banner of we, we're not blocking traffic, we are traffic. Um, we had a number of street parties that basically sought to reclaim public space back from, uh, you know, the exclusive use and the dangerous use of motor vehicles. And that, as I understand it, kind of ran through until the early 2000s. So it was quite a long-lived campaign. Yeah, and Critical Mass has kicked off again. And this time it's, it around, it's kind of around a loose kind of confederational thing of the bicycle user groups and um, advocates. And it's just you know, I mean, you know, everything has a nod back to where its um, origins were, because I, I can remember the line marking stuff with the bike lanes, with you know the footy grass line markers down uh, uh, Brunswick Street, um, and now we've moved to, you know, like paint is not infrastructure. We 
we want separated infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, and we're moving to those campaigns. But I've got to tell you, know, you've moved into, like, FO has new, like, your sustainable cities um, stuff now. It's a broader focus yeah. on transport. So in recent years, we have focused on opposing mega road projects like the North East Link. And then there was just a point where we said, well, the growth areas in Melbourne are actually the west and northwest. And they're private developer-driven, you know. They're so... They do the absolute minimum of public space. They do the absolute minimum of public transport and, and public infrastructure. And so what we're doing is is condemning people to have to rely on cars for, you know, family life and work life. And so we've started a bus reform campaign. We're working with the Public Transport Users Association. And we're taking a bit of a, you know, a political class analysis again, which is saying, well, all these suburbs, you know, we're people um, often are doing shift work and they do need to drive because they're working unusual hours and there is no bus network. We're developing quite a strong campaign there. We're building local alliances, working with local people to log to lobby their local members of parliament. We've developed a plan for what a, a better system would, would, would look like in terms of increasing uh, the efficiency and the regularity and the connection of existing bus networks. And we feel that it, it gives a really good bang for buck in terms of public investment versus heavy rail or even light rail. You can actually do a lot with relatively little money uh, by investing more heavily in the bus network. And then, of course, the detail there is we really support the concept of uh, electric buses because, as we know, diesel is another major particulate public health issue uh, in, in our areas. And so it's great if we can be swapping out old diesel buses for new electric buses. Mm. Well, that sounds great. So, if people want to get involved with Friends of the Earth, and um, you know, that's a, that's an open question, but you've got all these different um, things that you can be involved with. It's not just Friends of the Earth. There are different campaigns and different facets. So, just quickly, what what people are interested in if they're interested in environment or air or transport? Yeah, so we do have regular meetings that are uh, hybrid meetings, so in person and online, and we also meet out in the West a lot, and that's sustainable cities. So if you just do a, a web search for Friends of the Earth Melbourne, you'll see the campaigns there. We have, you know, forest and biodiversity, we have anti-nuclear, we have climate and yes to renewables, um, and we also have sustainable cities amongst other things. So check out sustainable cities, and then you'll see there's an events page, and that lists all our meetings and our forums. They're all, you know, open to all, inclusive to all, uh, free to all. And, yeah, we really welcome people getting involved. And I've got to ask you, where's the party at in September? You know, that's a very good question. And I don't know <laughs> if we've locked something in as yet. Uh, we know it's September and that's about it. Um as with campaigning, things often just throw you for six. Recently, we've had the announcement to end native forest logging um, six years early, which is fantastic. You always think you have a bit of time to plan things and then something else comes out. But, um, yep, September, uh, stay tuned for details. Yeah, I think I think it's a case of, like, we all should be a little bit more gentle with ourselves because it's like, I must do this. You know you know this is a campaigner and everything yeah. falls falls away. I think be gentle and whatever will come of it uh, to, to celebrate your 50th anniversary will be fantastic and good. It will. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for making time today, Cam. I really appreciate it. Yes. 
The Milky Way looks good in the night skies. The stars open a short for my dark eyes. Complex hey, I'm Lady Lash. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, the voice of the set. 3CR is so awesome, giving the platform for people's voices to be heard and people's gifts to be heard. And always remember that you are amazing. I'm dreaming of the seven moons. Oh, I see what's new. Join us at the Collingwood Neighbourhood House for the launch of the Underground Survival Project Part 5, a zombie film series that began on the Collingwood housing estate over lockdown. The series travels from Collingwood to the desert in South Australia and the most recent episode, The Industrial Wastelands of Upfield. Check out the film, have a feed and raise some cash for our 3CR show Satellite Skies, this Radiothon. 6pm Friday, 9th of June. See you there. Three shades of black is where I come from. And thank you too, Cam Walker, for making time today for having a chat about Friends of the Earth and some of their transport and in, uh, urban sort of campaigns over the last couple of decades. Our show should be up later as a podcast or on demand at 3cr.org.au. And uh, remember, it's Radiothon, so please subscribe or donate at the, either the Yarrabug Donate Now thing or go to 3CR website or give us a call here on uh, 94198377. Up next is Shebop followed by Black Block. I'm sorry, I will. I'm sorry, I will. Oh, oh, oh. my chest cold like a necklace. Ice money. I can put your name on the guest list. If you're lucky, yeah, I'll say I'll give you all I got. But I never come around when it's still sunny. I'm tying up my laces, kiss your pretty face. Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.